0: Bible, we're going to primarily be in Acts chapter 8, so if you want to meet me there, either on your phone or your iPad, or if you're like me and you just need a book in your hand, that is where we'll be. But before we get there, I want to talk a little bit about... Um, We started a a series last week called Witnesses, and it's based on the last words that Jesus gave us before he ascended, right? Not many people get a second shot at last words, is what we talked about last week. And we put a lot of weight on people's last words. Even our inmates, I mentioned last week, get to offer last words. And uh, this week we we saw some of the dilemma of putting people to death and uh, the differences of thought that nobody's beyond the reach of God's love and regeneration. But wherever you fall on that spectrum and your beliefs, uh, we place a lot of weight on people's last words. And so Jesus on the cross gave us the last words that is finished. That there's nothing you can do have to do to earn God's love. It's free. But out of that love, we're told in Ephesians that God has saved us for good works. So that we don't do good works for God's love. Because we have God's love, we do good works. And so if the resurrection's true, it changes everything. If Jesus is God and He's Lord, it necessarily has to change the way you do life. It has to. And if it doesn't, you can't be a Christian. It, you, you can't. I would like to sugarcoat that for you. I would like to give you that in like a Hershey's Kiss wrapper. <laughs> but that's just not here. It's just not here. Even in the great news, we have the privilege to lay our life down. It changes stuff. It changes how we make decisions. And as your pastor, I think there's so many things that I'd love to pass on, but if, if I could just give you two things, if I could impress on you two things, I would just implore you to just love God and love His Word. Because everything else will follow. If you'll grab your Bible on a daily basis and read it, God will change your life. He will begin to shape your thinking in the way that He wants you to think and live. And I think we're afraid of that sometimes because we live in a society that is instantaneous. Just everything comes quick. It's like if there's, if there's not, a, not a video of it, we, we can't do it. <laughs> But there's such great treasure there if you'll pick it up. And uh, so, uh, along those lines, though, I, I want to ask you a question that I want you to really think about. I know a lot of times I get up here and I just ask you rhetorical questions, but this one I want you to I want you to think about: Is all of this really necessary? You ever just stop and thought about your way of life and about what you believe and about Jesus and and everything, is it all really necessary? In a group of this size, and if you're watching online or you're not with us and catching this later on the website, uh, in, in a group of our size, somebody's asking that question. Maybe today you're asking that question. Is all of this really necessary? Going to church, giving your money, giving your time, changing the way you make decisions. Just give you permission to ask that question. Is it all really necessary? I ask it sometimes. You know, this has been a lot of work over the past year now. Is it all really necessary? And of course, as I stand up here, you know what I'm going to say. I'm going to give you a resounding yes. (laughs) Of course it's necessary. But I want to show you why. I, I want to, I want you to think through some things with me. And this might be a little more on the intellectual side uh, today. But but I want you to dive into a few things with me and think them through. First of all, when you're thinking about that, we we are living in an increasingly secular age. At least we're told. At least we're told. No doubt in the in the circles you travel, you you have heard that that Christianity is becoming. Less and less necessary in this world. But you're hearing that from one point of view. I want to to share a few things with you. But John Lennon in 1966 famously said, Christianity will go. It will vanish and shrink. I needn't argue about that. I'm right and will be proved right. You've got some friends that feel that way. You've got some friends that feel that way. Guaranteed. And yet... Well, let me you let me another one. Additionally, a leading New Testament scholar who doesn't believe in the Scripture to be reliable, uh, his name is Bart Ehrman, he says this, uh, that it's impossible for the Bible to be accurate. It's impossible. And yet, even with this news that Christianity is on the decline... I want you to think about this. In a 2015 Pew Research study, all right, scientific research, legit research, found that four out of every five people in the world think it makes sense to believe in God. And that survey, by the way, includes the educated. Because that, that's another one, That's another one that, that those of us who believe in the Scriptures or believe that there is a God who is active and living, that we're somehow less educated. <laughs> that the less educated need the Bible. The less educated need a God. I have news for you. I spent a lot of money to go get educated. <laughs> a lot of money that I'd like to have back. Right? But you've heard me say that before. If this isn't necessary, I've wasted a lot of time and a lot of money literally my whole life. I think I was born and went to church immediately. <laughs> I might have been born at church. It's hard to say. All right? I don't remember it. But, um... Is it necessary? Because that's a question that, that the world we live in, that, that's a question they're asking. Is it necessary? And, the, and from my vantage point, okay, there's no scientific study to back this up, but from my vantage point, in the, in the young professionals and things that I work with and talk to, um, they're assuming that it's not relatable. They're assuming that this ancient book is not relatable to them. Or that it's been invented. And so, to the skeptic, I would simply say, search it out. If you are sitting here today and you're just wondering, like, what is this all about? What What is this necessary? I'd encourage you to search it out. Search it out. You've heard, I, just, I say all the time, God's not afraid of your questions. God's not afraid of your questions. And so, with all of that, I don't have a, a time to undress all of secularism, secularism, or even textual criticism, and, and those more intellectual things. And as we go through the next few weeks, um, I'll try to do some of that with you, um, some of that for you, and give you some confidence in there. But today, what I want to do is offer you some hope and encourage you, because I don't want you to believe in something that you haven't searched. The Bible never asks you to believe in blind faith. It does ask you to have childlike faith. But the Bible stands tall in the areas that you have questions. It stands tall in the areas where the world has questions. And I want you to know that, that for all of the scholarship that has been done to disprove the Bible, there is mountains more that proves it. And so I want to share some of that with you over the next few weeks, but... Uh, Today, for the rest of our time, I I want to look behind that argument. I want you to say, okay, people are asking those questions. I've settled in my heart that God is real, that He is alive, that Jesus came to this earth, died on a cross, rose again, ascended 40 days later, and it matters. It changes everything. It changes the way I think. It changes the way I spend money. It changes the way... I make decisions. It changes the way I raise my kids. It changes literally everything. Well, When you've gone behind the argument and you've settled for yourself, okay, this is true, let's go there then. If it's true, let's, as a church body, go there. Let's not just talk about it, let's go there. What does it do in your life? What does it do in your life? Uh, as you look into the book of Acts at the beginning of Uh, God establishing His church. Uh, You see some incredible things. And last week we looked at the words Jesus left us in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. That I'm leaving you here to be my witness. But He didn't stop there. He said that you're going to go into your neighborhood, town, city, the uttermost parts of the earth. And then He gave you a promise. He said, and I, I will leave you with my Holy Spirit. But not just that, with the power of the Holy Spirit. And so we're thinking through what does it mean to have the actual power of God living inside of me and flowing out of me. We talked last week that the Greek word is dynamite, that it's literally exploding out of me, that the Holy Spirit would be so impressed upon you and in you that it would explode into other people's life. And 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 that's the convicting part, right? When was the last time the Holy Spirit exploded into somebody else's life from yours? I'll confess, like I preached that last week, it didn't explode this week. I confess to you, because I'm as selfish as you are. So I wore a t-shirt today. Just kidding. (laughs) Listen, isn't that where the rubber meets the road, though? Like, if I am following Jesus Christ... And He's told His disciples and He's told you and I that it's better that He not be there because He's given us the Holy Spirit with explosive power to build His church. What are we doing? What are we doing? I say I didn't explode the Holy Spirit onto somebody (laughs) this week, but uh, I did intentionally walk to some places around here and just sit and watch the people that are going into Foundation Coffee and that are, you know, coming and checking out right here is going to be this uh, food hall, this foodie food hall, you know. It's like, ooh. And I was like, man, I got skinny jeans on. Can I come in? They're like, no, you're not cool enough. I'm just kidding. But, you know, you just, you walk, you walk up and down here and you walk around and, and you have every part of life, we literally that scripture is true for our city. And it's true in your neighborhood. Everywhere you go, it's multi ethnic, multicultural, multi-generational. It's everywhere. God is literally doing something in our city and in your neighborhood. And and your your neighbors and your friends and your coworkers are all in it. They live in it. They experience it, and yet the church lags behind when we should be leading the way. And that's an intellectual thing for us because we're, we're saying that we have the answer to all of life's problems. That if you will give your life to Jesus, you can never be anxious again. Are we living that? Did, did you know the Bible says, be anxious for... Say it. Nothing. Nothing. So So, just follow with me okay I don't hate you I'm living these two okay I'm not just beating you over the head with my Bible like you know they call, used to call us Bible bangers like right like like me too <laughs> right like but th- th- this is as we are entering the second year of our church I-, I want I want us to be thinking through what difference is the Bible actually making in your life see because I don't want to put a bunch of events on here. I want us to gather here like the Bible describes and then go into all the world preaching the gospel. We, we don't just have stuff here and bring stuff here, but we gather here as the church. We give our resources to each other as the church. And then we explode out of here. That's the dynamic, dynamite, power of the Holy Spirit leading you out. Right? Amen. So all of this, what does a church who actually believes what they're reading look like? I want to read from Acts chapter 8 and then just give you a couple things that I think will be um, incredibly valuable to you this week as, as you begin to look at and put into practice and walk in the Spirit, as the Bible says. Alright? So, let's go to Acts chapter 8. Right right before Acts chapter 8 happens, we get the story of Stephen, the first martyr of the early church. And it's an incredible story. And uh, Stephen is uh, one of the first deacons in the church. He's a leader. He's a godly man. And he begins to preach to people good news. And you know what that good news did? It made him really, really angry. Because as we talk around here a lot, before you can get to the good news, you have to know the bad news. Without bad news, you never know that it's good news. Without uh, good, you never know. that Or without evil, you never know there's good because there's something that holds up next to it. You say, okay, that's bad. This is good. And so Stephen's preaching this to people saying, you killed God. And they killed him for it. This won't be on the, screen, on the screen, but I want to just read the end of Acts chapter 7 to you. Uh, if you have your Bible, it'll be in, I'll start in uh, chapter 7, verse 58. And then when we hit eight-one, it it'll go on the screen. Okay? Acts chapter 7, verse 58. It says, Then they, this group, this mob of people, cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their garments at the feet of a young man named Saul, and as they were stoning Stephen, listen to this, incredible this is what it looks like when you have the explosive power of the Holy Spirit exuding out of you. Here's what it is. He called out. He's being stoned. Locks thrown at you over and over and over. Here's what he says. And as they were stoning Stephen, he called out, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And falling to his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And when he said this, he fell asleep. Does that sound familiar? Do not hold this sin against them? You heard that before? Why could Stephen say that? Because he watched Jesus hang on a cross for him. And it became a privilege for Stephen. Lord, receive my spirit. What happens the next time that you're having a conversation with somebody and they start to laugh at you? Man, that ain't a stone. It hurts, though. It hurts, though. I've had people laugh at me. Somebody laugh at me and start to this I was like, listen, bro, I'm bigger than you. <laughs> I didn't say that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I thought that. I'm not going to lie to you. I thought that because I'm a sinner just like you. All right? But do you believe it? You see, because Stephen believed it. Now, I know. He saw Jesus die. He saw Jesus rise again. Makes a difference. But you have the Bible. That's been proven. And God said... Jesus said that it'd be better for you if he wasn't here but to have the Holy Spirit. So we are actually at an advantage having the Bible and the Holy Spirit than Stephen was when he was being stoned. Think about that. It should change us. It should change the way we work, it should change the way we hang out, it should change the way we go to church, it should change the way we do church. Because it matters. And so then we come to chapter eight. And we begin to see how a church responds when they really believe that Jesus died and rose again. Okay, we're we're going to see what happens. And uh, we need to do it. I'm just going give, to give you that before, before we even read it. That, this is what you and I are called to go and do. All right, this is what Matthew 28, the Great Commission, looks like on the ground. Okay, hey, here it is. Verse uh, 1 of chapter 8. And Saul approved of his execution. We're going to talk about this one of these weeks in this series. Uh, but Saul becoming Paul, the apostle, is one of the greatest uh, turnarounds in the history of mankind. And so we're, we're going to study that uh, because we want to know what God is capable of doing in anybody's heart. Okay? But here's Saul approving of Stephen's execution We're, we, we see a few things here, but, but follow the train of thought here, okay? So, persecution comes to the church, and it scatters the church. Be encouraged that whatever the world sends to destroy the church will always build the church. Do you know that? That whatever Satan sends to destroy God's church will always help God's church. So the gospel spreads. And then, check this out, the apostles stay. Follow me closely here. You do not need me alone to teach you the Bible and to help you evangelize. You don't need me alone. God put me in your life for a reason. But you don't need me to hold an event Are you listening? This is important because this is not the way church has always been done. You don't need me to hold events so that you can evangelize. You don't need this Sunday service so you can evangelize. Okay? You don't just have to invite somebody to church. I want you to. And I will always present the gospel. But you can have a conversation. You can preach the Word everywhere you go. Because that's what happens here. That's what happens here. Philip, who later in Acts we find out, he he is called Philip the Evangelist. This wasn't the Apostle Philip that we read about in the Gospels. This is Philip the Evangelist. You are, fill your name in, the Evangelist. This is your role at Redeemer City Church. You are, Kenny, I'm going to pick on you, Kenny, the Evangelist. Mark, the evangelist. And you can fill all of your names in. It's your role. It's my role. Because Timothy, Paul told Timothy, as you pastor this church, do the work of an evangelist. It's all of our jobs, whether you're in leadership and staying right here and leading the church, or whether you're going out into the highways and byways, right? To be an evangelist. So,
1: missionary evangelists go out and guess what happens? People convert. People become Christians. And what is the result of all of that happening? There was great joy in that city. The city of Tampa is missing on some of the great joy available to them. You turn on the news and our cities around our country are missing out on great joy that comes to the city. But so is Jerusalem, and so is Samaria. There's some great stuff here, by the way, that we don't have time to unpack all of it, but you should go get yourself a good study Bible, like an ESV study Bible or something, and and just study through that, because God does some incredible things here. Uh, Because not only was God breaking down the world's strongholds, but He was also breaking down the strongholds in His own people's lives. Because you and I have idols too in our hearts, don't we? That God needs to destroy Let me give you one of them here in this text. So, it's fascinating to me that when God allows this persecution to come and He begins the spread of His church, where is the first place that it spreads to? Samaria. I love that because Jews hated Samaritans. And what's the first thing God said? He said, go to the place that you don't want to go and preach my word. What did he tell Jonah? We're studying that in our city groups right now. He looked at Jonah and said, go to Nineveh. He said, I don't want to. In fact, I'm going to go. I'm going to work harder and go farther to run away 1,500 miles to Tarshish than I would 500 miles to Nineveh and just do what you asked me to do. Is that your story today? Are you working harder to not go to church and not follow Jesus and not do what He's called you to do to be an evangelist than it would be to just Tell somebody. I mean, seriously, what is the worst thing that's going to happen? They're going to say no. So what? You ask them again next week. (laughs) God is on the move in this city. And He's using churches all over this city and He's using this church in this city, in this place, to do His work here. And I want you to be a part of what God is doing. What a privilege. Stephen being stoned. So, oh, Lord, receive my spirit. Would that be our cry as we step into our workplaces? We step into the places we play and the places we work and where we take our kids to school and where we uh, hang out on Friday night. That we would just walk into those places to enjoy ourselves because every good gift comes from the Father above. That we would step in there and say, Lord, just receive my spirit. Whatever happens here, don't hold this people's sin against them, but let them see Christ in me. It would change everything. It should change everything. Man, it's been messing me up this week. Just walk in somewhere that you you normally could just get in and get out and do whatever you want. And then, you know, it's amazing. You start to think that way and God begins to move in your heart. He does. I was in CBS yesterday. And just trying just want some milk. That's all I want. Don't need no conversations. Don't need none of that. You know? And what the first person that sees me in there, hey, how are you? Here we go. Alright. You know, can't just go get milk anymore. Right? Why? Because I'm Mitch the evangelist. Man, it's good. Let me give you three things here and uh then I want to spend some time with you praying. Okay? Let me give you three things. In the first three verses, what we see in this text that persecution is good for the church. When you turn on the news or you get on Twitter and you see some of these nutcases like Richard Dawkins or Bill Mayer, you know, just these absolute, eh, I'm not going to call them names because Jesus wouldn't, he'd pray for them. So I'm going to pray for them. But you, you just, you see this stuff and you're just like, man, like, I'm not stupid. I have a master's degree, Bill. I'm not stupid for believing in Jesus. (laughs) right? But but you can feel that way from some of the people. But I want you to know that persecution, in whatever form it comes, all through history, everywhere in history, wherever you look, in whatever decade you choose, it was good for the church. Why? Because it separates, as the Bible says, the, the wheat from the chaff. Because if, 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 if God can remove the people that are faking it, we can get to work. Separates. Well, that's mean. Not really. Not really. We're talking about eternity. We're talking about heaven and hell. Jake has used the illustration before, but the atheist, uh, which one was it? Was it Penn or Teller? Yeah, Penn Jillette. <laughs> Penn Jillette you know, he has that famous YouTube video it says he's a, he's a devout atheist, but he makes the statement in there that if you actually believe I'm going to hell, why would you not tell me? Why would you not tell me? It, it doesn't actually make sense for you to believe that and not tell anybody. It's actually incredibly hateful. Moving on. Uh, even even, even in modern day, like real persecution, not just intellectual or social persecution, but physical persecution across our world, it's causing the church to grow. China's underground church is booming. It's the, probably the fastest growing church in the world. It's in China where it's illegal. It's amazing. The Coptic Christians in Egypt just getting slaughtered and blown up And they're showing back up at church the next day. Here we go. Who is it going to be today? Lifting high the name of Jesus. Why? Because it's real. Because it's real. Because when, when you know that eternity is a whole lot longer than now, it changes your perspective. Paul said it this way. Set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. Why? Because if I set my mind on things of the earth, it's terrifying really really difficult to be a christian but if i set my mind on eternity on the things of heaven and the length of eternity compared to the length of now man i just am free to just serve the lord here like i don't need money i don't need i don't need friends i don't need and and here's the beauty a lot of the time we get that anyway because god's gracious but sometimes we don't when i was at that um When I was at that uh, conference up in North Carolina, South Carolina, a couple weeks ago, um, I met a brother from, a pastor from Nigeria. His name was Pastor Matthew and I sent him a message this week and he responded and I told him we were going to pray for him today and he was just floored by that. But he he planted a church at the same time we did and uh, it's really difficult. It's really hard. But he's seeing people come to Christ. He was so excited because they had like 40 people the other day. And he's just laying his life down. Because in, in that culture, there, there's different tribes and sects of language and, and that's where racism comes into play for them. Not in the color of skin, but in what tribe you're from and what language you speak. And so here he is in the middle saying, we all matter. But what happens when you come in and say, everybody matters when two different cultures think the other one doesn't matter? You get persecuted. And he's been persecuted. But it it becomes real when you've sat at a table with this brother and just watched him pray for his people. It's amazing. We have an opportunity to reach people for Christ. And whether we get persecuted or not, it's amazing. Persecution is great good for the church it's good for the church the second thing when you begin to think that way about scripture sharing Christ becomes really simple they didn't do anything crazy here as the church went right now now Philip had a few special gifts because he was able to heal people and cast out demons you're like well how can I get on that alright because that I could do Right? We, don't, we don't need that anymore. We have the Bible, which has been proven true, and we have the Holy Spirit. So there, there were sign gifts at that time that, that were there for people to, and I'm not saying God doesn't do that anymore today. He can do whatever He wants. Miracles happen every day all across this world, and it's awesome. But just because you can't do it doesn't mean <laughs> that you can't do what the rest of these church members did as they were scattered. You see, Philip was casting out demons. But what about everybody else? It says they all were scattered. And what did they do? Verse number 4. Now those who were scattered went about doing what? Preaching the word. You can share Christ everywhere you go. Scattered. When we, when we leave here today, we're going to be scattered across the city. We can accomplish a lot by scattering. Who are you reaching? Sharing Christ becomes really simple. I, I just I wrote this down in my notes this week because I was literally being that guy. Here, here's what I wrote. I said, I said, you and I are masters of complication, aren't we? We are masters of complication. I mean, we can take the simplest task. Hell is hot. Heaven is awesome. Jesus died for your sins. You want to be a, a follower of Jesus. Like, you don't need, like, 64 meetings at Starbucks and like half hour of crying. Like you can just. I mean when you're when you're like okay I got three minutes or I'm somebody can come here and chop my head off. Here it is. Right? It's like sometimes we complicate things. Like we, we think people need counseling before we can share Jesus with them. Like maybe they just need Jesus. Maybe they don't need all of your thoughts. <laughs> it's an Just an idea. <laughs> I'll never forget it, it was a couple, couple months ago. I mean, I just was hemming and hauling, man. I was just hemming and hauling with some guy. He's like, man, just tell me what you want to tell me. I was like, I'm sorry. And he did. He sat there and listened. And then he told me he was a Christian. I was like, you sucker. <laughs> He's like, here I am working this out. He's like, I know, but you needed to. He's like, yeah, it's a great point. We are masters of complication. Yes, you should be friends with people. Yes, you should be the hands and feet of Jesus. But the church spreads by the proclamation of the Word of God. That's it. The power's not in us. See? Amen. I can't get you people to say amen. So they, I'm just kidding. kidding. I love you. There's a third thing here that I, I want us to be sure that we notice in all of the things that are happening in your life. And I don't say all those things to say that your life doesn't have difficult things. Mine does. You know, Thursday, Wednesday, Thursday roll around, I'm like I'm like neck deep, you know, and you just, life gets overwhelming and things are happening. I get it. You know, Jake and I had some tough conversations about things that are happening in our lives this week. Like, we get it. But I want you to notice that verse 8 says that because of the gospel, great joy came to that city. That city did not have opulence. That city did not have uh, freedom from persecution for Christians. In a lot of their cases, coming to Christ was a death warrant. You, You were just signing away your life. And you know what? For some of you, when you're inviting people you work with, like they might be signing away their job. You might be signing away your job. But isn't it amazing that in this, great joy came to that city. Can I just encourage you that even in persecution, there is good news. That's why it's on the wall here. Because we, we believe it, we've seen it, that and in, in all of the crud that life brings you. And it does, man. And it's going to keep coming, by the way. Coming to Christ doesn't normally take away your problems. A lot of times it adds to your problems. Let's just be honest about that. It'll solve some of your problems, the biggest ones. But a lot of times, you know, Jesus wasn't joking when he said, if you lay down your life, that's when you're going to find it. Great joy came to them. And I I want great joy to come to you in the good news of this text. That as Saul, I love the language there, that as Saul was ravaging the church. Man, I don't have any idea what that feels like. That somebody would come in that hated you so much that he would just ravage your church. In that, there was great joy that came to the city. And so what I want to do with just the last uh, two minutes here is I just want to pray with you. I just want to pray with you that the Holy Spirit would so take residence in you that this would be the story of Redeemer City Church. That whatever persecution comes, that wherever you're at in your life, no matter how difficult or easy things are, that in the sharing of good news, that in the spreading of the word, that as you go out and you actually do what you say you believe in, that as I go out and I do what I say we believe in, that we would see people come to Christ and that great joy would come to this city. Because that's what we're after. Because that's what the heart of God was after and is after. So let's pray, and while I'm praying, the band's going to come up, and then we're going to sing two songs together, so don't run out of here, all right? And uh, we we want to worship, we we want to declare back to God today that this is about you, and it's about what you've called me to do with you, okay? So let's pray, and um, then we will sing a couple songs together, and then we'll go eat lunch. All right? God, you are good and your mercy endures forever. I love the scripture that says that your mercies are new every morning. So God, no matter what we messed up this past week, or no matter what we didn't do or did do, that when we walk out of this place, your mercies are new. That there is sufficient grace for today that in you our eternity is fixed and settled and no man is able to snatch us out of the Father's hand and that out of the reality that we are forever fixed in heaven with you that our, our family, our security is settled that we can live laying down our life every day that we can be the evangelists you've called us to be that you have promised us the Holy Spirit And so, Jesus, we pray that as we proclaim your name, that it would be at your name that people would bow. That they wouldn't be shocked by our ability to communicate, but that they would be shocked by our willingness to share what you've done in our life. And that you are the answer they've been looking for. So God, we pray that through this church people would be saved that people would come to Christ because of our witness that as we step out of this place today that we would be a witness and that people would come to know you and that you would build your church and that great joy would come to our families and to our neighbors and to our neighborhoods and to this city because the gospel is going out we love you jesus we're so grateful for your sacrifice pray that as we sing now that you would uh, take your rightful place at the throne of our heart it's in your name that we pray amen